Wait a minute. You like wrestling. Of course I like wrestling. That's why I hate it. Outlaws. Wrestling is better than the things you like. Outlaws. You'll take those rattlesnake fangs and you'll stick them right in my ass. What? Welcome to episode 38 of the Middle-Aged Outlaws podcast. Today I'm middle-aged. Adam, how's it going? Yeah, good, thanks. You? I'm all right, thanks. I'm all right. This this feels a bit strange. We've, um, we've, we've, we've only just recorded our last episode and here we are again, straight back into it. Yeah, it, it felt like quite a quick turnaround, but um, to... Two pretty different types of things we were watching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't say. <laughs> what last thing was Judgment Day. Yeah. To be fair, it feels like quite a long time ago that it was watched. Uh, no Iron Man matches here on, on what we're watching what we're talking about today, is there? No, not so much. Kinda of different different sort of feel to the whole thing. Absolutely. So we'll just go straight in there. I have a very, very short amount of um, fun information from the 24th, uh, 26th of March 2001. Oh, um, is, is absolutely rubbish. Rubbish this week. Um, so I suppose we should say, first of all, today we're going to talk about the last ever WCW Nitro um, that was aired on the 26th of March 2001. Um, a, a very unique episode of Nitro, as, as obviously is spliced in um, with sections from from raw and we'll get into all that so 26 of march 2001 i've got one piece of information and then your uk and us charts number one so last time we were doing judgment day 2000 and that was checking his notes incredibly slowly 21st of may 2000 and it was the film premiere at Gladiator. Yes. In March 2000, Gladiator won the Academy Award for Best Picture. Okay. And I think Russell Crowe won Best Actor um, at the same awards. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That sounds just about right, I think. That is continuity between episodes. Yeah. yeah totally meant it so that is that's is literally all this sort of interesting stuff apparently apart from all this stuff that's that's going down uh, in florida so in the uk charts do you have a guess march 2001 i don't uh, really think it I, I don't really think it'd be your bag to be honest uh westlife no <laughs> Uh, it was pure and simple by hearsay. Oh, um, okay. Were they were they the first ever pop idol band? The pop uh, idol arrivals. They, they might have been. Yeah, they were the rivals show, weren't they? Yeah. And uh, Liberty X came out of that, that as well, didn't they? I think that's right. Yeah. 
So there you go. In the US, number one, um, I want to say, do you know that uh, Netflix documentary that we have talked about, The Woodstock 99? Yes. One. Now, that, how can that possibly be if this was number one, 2001? Nah, I'm off. I'm way off. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like Corner Limp Biscuit or anything like that, but I'm sure on the Spotify playlist that I've got off that Woodstock 99, this song is on it. But now looking at the dates... I'm going to complain that you Spotify. Mm. It samples a red hot chili pepper song. Uh, not going to get this. Mm, nah, I don't care. The guy's got a lot of tattoos. It's, um, it's Butterfly by Crazy Town. Oh, I remember that. Do you know, this... Me, well, March, did you say? March 2001. Yeah. yeah. I, I was just finishing being a student. I probably had about two months left of being a student. And at that point, I think it was all just, you know, lazing around, listening to music, being fairly confident. I'd done all my coursework and everything like that. Nice. Uh, and then not actually switching on to the, the what's next moment for life, just thinking, this is good. I'm enjoying this. And, and yeah, I remember that song being pretty big for a while yeah it was so so do you remember watching this episode of nitro slash raw i don't nah. like when, when when i was living out my student days what i didn't have was access to much good tv i basically had your your five channels and that was, that was we're no we're, we're surely no suggesting that this is good tv <laughs> access to a lot of channels let's say yeah. fair enough fair enough so this was your pick um so what I'm going to do is give a little bit of background to the WCW purchase um, and then I'll pass over to you to take us through the episode. Is that alright? Yeah, go for it. Cool. So WWF Entertainment Incorporated acquired WCW on the 23rd of March 2001, three days before this episode of Nitro aired. It gave them global rights to the World Championship Wrestling brand, their tape library, and other intellectual rights. Um, apparently some of the stuff that they received was like um, The Rock got one of their Nitro rings. Uh, the Undertaker got like the Thunder ring. Um, that was, I guess that comes with yeah. uh, intellectual rights. I wonder if they got the helicopter. I wonder who got the helicopter. Les Ferdinand probably. Um, what I said here, it's reported within the deal. Did <laughs> you just you laughing at Les Ferdinand? It took, me, it took me a couple of seconds and then I, I got there. Yeah, he's the most reputable person. I know that can. Oh, Eric Bischoff can fly planes, can't he? Um, he, he, yeah, yeah, I think that's right. I think yeah. he can. That's maybe no helicopters. Or... Give it to Les. Uh, it's reported that as part of the deal, some actors, in inverted commas, contracts will be assumed by WWF, but not by others. No, but not others. No. Not by others. Others. Yeah. Um, so Eric Bischoff, as you probably know, was part of a media consortium called Fuse Fusiant Media Ventures, um, who were pretty, who were pretty confident that they were front runners for the to buy WCW I think around January yeah January 2001 mm -hmm. um, I think they had signed a, 
I, I don't know what the technical term for it is, but it's kind of like a we get first dibs <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, in January two thousand and one, uh, Bischoff ended up phoning up WCA Nitro the week before this final episode. Um, and sounded very despondent and was kind of like, it doesn't look like it's going to happen, I'm really sorry sort of thing. Um, so the deal yeah. fell apart, AOL I think, and... Sorry, I think, nah, I think according to Bischoff, what they discovered at some point when they were trying to go down the, the route of buying it was that the, the TV deal wasn't going to be part of this. So the Turner Network were not going to be giving a time slot for uh, WCW moving forward, which meant yep. that in his mind, the what they were paying for was a hell of a lot less value than what they originally thought they, they were getting into. Yeah, you're stealing my WCW thunder. Oh, um, sorry. Sorry. No, no, not at all. <laughs> so, so, so uh, AOL Time Warner and Turner Broadcasting had merged, and as part of that merger, like you just said, um, they decided that wrestling did not fit in with the sort of future of what they wanted to show. Um, that basically killed the deal. Um, in advance of all this, Bischoff had been talking to different uh, networks, trying to get television deals elsewhere. Um, but they needed they needed that initially to be able to get on air. Uh, so, so Bischoff allegedly had plans in place um, to take WCW off the air for around three months. Um, his plan was to take them off the air and get people missing them, essentially. Um, and he was going to launch this new WCW with a pay-per-view called The Big Bang in May 2001. Uh, the rumour was that he wanted Jerry Styles, and I've read two different things. Jerry Styles on, on commentary along with either Don Callis or Jerry Lawler next to him. Okay. Was Jerry um, Lawler away at this point? Or was he... Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he was. If you, rem you remember... Heyman, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and Heyman was kind of just like chucked in there quite sort of short notice, I think, along with JR. Yeah. yeah. That's pr probably one of... I think we both feel the same. Probably one of our favourite lineups as yeah, far as absolutely. commentary teams are yeah, concerned. Really yeah. Um, when it all came down to it, like I say, that all, all that sort of deal had fallen apart, Vince McMahon ended up spending a total of $4.2 million to acquire his closest rival. Over to you. Now, I, I wonder, you know, you, you think, what did he get for $4.2 and, you know, some, some talents which we can talk about as we go, but what great value that ended up being when uh, an online portal for uh, making all the shows available turned out to be absolutely. I was yeah. looking at I was looking at when the network launched. I think it was two thousand and fourteen, um, but I've no doubt they they must have made they must even be close to making their money back on the likes of DVD sales and things like that. Yeah, yeah, I would have thought so. Because, yeah. like you know, fine well they'll immediately started repackaging things. Mm -hmm. And, and, and yeah. trying to make money off them. Absolutely. Okay, so here we are. Now, I'm sure we'll both give our opinions as we go, uh, but I, I try to like put myself at times in the position of some of the people that are involved in this show. 
this must be a pretty tough one. Um, there's obviously a lot happened, and you've talked about it uh, over the course of the, I think, basically the week from one Nitro airing to the next Nitro. Um, and basically, I think, thinking they're going to be sold potentially to Bischoff. And I think, you know, he's still close with an awful lot of the guys working there. And then, boom, you get an announcement. Yeah, it's, it's not going to be Bischoff. And then nobody knows. Nobody really knows, although as we go through, it's pretty clear some do know uh, whether they've got a job or not moving <laughs> forward. Um, yeah. So you're putting some people in a really difficult situation. And uh, I believe that the show was basically run by WWF staff that had gone down. Uh, obviously, we see Shane, I believe, uh, Briscoe, um, yeah. Bruce Pritchard, I think, yeah. are, are there. Um, and there's good reason why they have a hand in some of the decisions that are going to be made uh, through the course of the night. Um, and some of the rest of it maybe doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But we, we can go through that as, as we come to it. When you say you were trying to put yourself in the shoes of some of the people involved, yeah. when you got to Scott Hudson, was it just confusion? Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. What does he want? <laughs> what do you mean, what does he want? <laughs> I wondered if he was trying to sell it as some sort of angle, if there's or if they're just so tied into this way of thinking. You know, I've got to be a little bit character and a little bit storyline, even <laughs> when I don't know how I'm going to feed my family next month. <laughs> uh, so yeah, here we are. We are uh, yeah, 26th of March, Boardwalk Beach Resort. Um, what, what do you think about what do you think about that? The the, the, the setting, the outdoor, uh, the outdoor setting, the spring break, the what yes. looked like half the crowd didn't give a flying fuck about you know like this is a this is a historical moment, yeah, and I, people I, are there with their tops off, drunk. They don't give a shit. I think you know it, it does look great, but I suppose we've seen enough shows when we were watching some of the WCW content, even from '98, where it's like that anyway. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that to them has just become the norm, but it does feel like it should be this significant event, and you've got kind of this this weird setting, this half interested crowd, and uh, it probably is that like the talent that I'm watching and feeling bad for because you know that like I say they don't know if they've got a job moving forward, but most of them don't know. Mm -hmm. The announcers clearly don't know. Um, and I, I was looking up some stuff about this. Apparently, when when Shane's there, he is he is indicating to a lot of the people that you know we do plan to do a WCW show. It is our plan to for it to have its own standalone show. And I think we've touched on that in the past. Yeah, where they, they gave us Bagwell and Booker yeah, T, Bag Matt. Bagwell and Booker T, and I think they have uh, an announced team from WCW that are actually calling that match. Really. Yeah, I think Shivani's involved, I think. Um, right. And is it someone like Arn Anderson or something like that? Um, oh my God, injecting yeah. a bit of energy into it. <laughs> but I suppose that the maybe folk looked and thought he's a good talker because he is a good promo, but, you know, maybe not so much an announced guy. Um, but they, they don't run it in a WCW town, so it's it's not getting the react. People want who are in that arena want to see the WWF stars. That's who they expect to see. That's who they paid expectancy. see, I think. So, yeah, it, yeah. it doesn't really work out. But I believe Shane is indicating this to people that are there, whether that's to try and comfort them, keep everyone calm. You know, we're, we're assessing things. We're going to figure stuff out, you know. Um, 
But yeah, again, I'll talk through it as I go. But we've got uh, Tony Schiavone and Scott Hudson uh, in the announce booth. Um, Scott Hudson wasn't one I was overly familiar with. Uh, I don't think I've seen an awful lot of shows he's he's called. Um, but Schiavone, obviously, kind of the voice of WCW, really. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. We've got uh, uh, the show opening with Vince delivering a promo. And it's a, imagine that, here I am on WCW TV, blah, blah, blah. It was just a matter of time before I bought my competition. Um, And uh, in this, in its final broadcast, I'll address the fans, the superstars, and you will find out the fate of WCW. The fate of WCW is in my hands. And it's this really over the top you know, promo about what he's just done. It's pretty cold thinking about it. You know, there's, like I say, people that don't know if they've got jobs, but it's all very storyline. We're we're heading into a Vince versus Shane match at at WrestleMania just a few days away from this. Yeah. Um, You know, the timing from a Vince point of view and from a WWF point of view is brilliant. You know, they're on two shows able to promote their their WrestleMania basically on two different networks, which is amazing for them. Um, But yeah, it it felt like, you know, it's a real life situation that he's just using for for, uh, forwarding a a bit of storyline. Yeah, yeah, that's, I've written my notes here, we're getting Mr. McMahon and Vince McMahon here. Yeah. The lines have never been more blurred. He's just essentially using his character to be a dick and gloat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm sure Bischoff would have done plenty of that if it was the other way around. I I, I think he said the exact same. He would have done the exact same thing. Yeah. And you know he Um, would. Yeah. And uh, we've got, I think Shavoni's words are, um, welcome to a landmark night in the industry. I've seen it, but I still can't believe it. Um, All five WCW titles, including one I definitely never heard of before, but never mind, uh, will be decided on this night. Cruiserweight tag, but tag. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, I I just wasn't familiar with it at all. Um, And uh, we've got, um, like I say, WWF people basically booking the show. They're going to decide... largely who who walks away with the titles and there's obviously very good reason for that um mm. they 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 want to put the belts on guys that they know they've got and we'll touch on a couple of guys that they know they've got uh pretty soon i think uh, as we go through the card but uh first up in terms of in the ring we've got rick flair who you know he was in wwf for for a period of time but i think he's he's probably the guy that uh, most people associate very, very strongly with WCW. Um, yep, so it makes sense, makes sense, I think, for him to come out. Um, the The nature of his promo was uh, probably not what I was expecting, given the amount of things that I've, I've heard him say behind the scenes about this, because it sounded like he was pretty happy um, in, in real life. He's obviously got a relationship with Vince, which he had. I think he knew he would get some kind of a job moving forward. Yep. I think he he'd felt... been told. Right, I think he'd, he'd be told he was told. safe. Uh, yeah. Okay. And uh, he'd obviously had his issues with you know Bischoff and, and people like that over time, and I don't think he felt the BCW was managed properly, but that's not the promo he's going to come out and give and understand why it's not. Um, he he uh, has a go at Vince McMahon talking about the future of WCW being in the palm of his hands. He lists some former and current stars, including Buff Bagwell, 
Um, and asks if Vince holds them in his hands. Uh, he says he's been 14-time world champion in what is, in his opinion, the greatest wrestling organization in the world. Um, Flair says Vince's dad was on the board that voted for Flair to be world champ while Vince was trying to make it as an announcer. He's going in pretty hard on Vince here. Um, <laughs> he says uh, the war has never been about the boys. It was always about the offices. Um, <sighs> this this one. Uh, Flair says Vince never wrestled an hour cut himself five times and bled for 45 minutes. Who's bleeding for 45 minutes, Rick? Certainly, come on. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, Flair, uh, then I think, you know, he's going to get to the point of one of, well, one of the reasons he's out here. He's, you know, he's getting some good reactions from the WCW crowd. I think I can see why he's positioning himself as anti-WWF. Um, no, he's, think... no, he's uh, maybe some of the crowd. I feel yeah. I feel real bad for him here. I feel like people are just like shouting <laughs> over the top of him and that. Uh, a little says, bit. It's a great promo. He says the the greatest opponent he's ever had has been Sting, and he challenges Sting to a match uh, on the last ever Nitro. To be the man, you've got to beat the man. And uh, we hear at this point Sting hasn't hasn't been seen around for a while. Um, but it, quite unlike it gets, him. Yeah. It gets confirmed a bit later on that that, that will it'll end up actually being the last ever match on Nitro. Um, and that, uh, again, we can get to it. I feel like it should have closed Nitro, but it, it goes in a slightly different direction. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got... Uh, uh, immediately after that... What, what, can you I, thought can, it was a good I, promo? Can yeah. I jump in on Flair? Um, that was a good promo. I think he must have found some of his... Um, special powder and one of his, his gowns uh, because that was like red-faced crazy flair. He was chanting Sting along with the crowd at one point. <laughs> um, his hair's completely unacceptable. He looks like a lead singer of The Offspring. Um, <laughs> he starts naming all these, like you said, he starts naming all these uh, guys, uh, WCW wrestlers, Harley Race, uh, Jack Briscoe, I can't, a whole long list of them, and he's essentially saying, "Are, are you going to hold all them in his hand? Hold all them in your hand, Vince McMahon." I genuinely think the only one he lists that that never wrestled for WWF was Buff Bagwell. <laughs> it's an odd, it's an odd thing. I, I know, yeah. I know, he was getting it. I'm just yeah. being a dick, but um, yeah, that was wild. I liked it. He, he's he's out here in a suit at this point. I guess you'll touch on the story about him. Yeah. Um, his gear later. Cool. Yeah. Um, I think they sneak in a wee Randy Savage Slim Jim. Uh, they do. Oh yeah. Uh, but no sign of Randy Savage on the show apart from that. I know. That's a travesty. Oh, I've got one more thing I wanted to talk, say about Flair, and and I get this. This was two thousand and one, and I get that at, at this point it was probably appropriate to start talking about the boys in the back, right? But I'm so fucking sick of watching wrestling promos and them wink, wink, nudge, nudge, talk about the boys in the back or, oh, fucking give it up. We know, we know, we know, okay? I'm not talking to Ric Flair here, I'm talking to Richard Flair, right? (laughs) That sort of bullshit, stop it. We want to be immersed in what we're watching. We want to believe, stop 
you know, like it's not edgy to talk about the boys in the back and ah. Uh. Yeah, when it first started happening, it was it was different, but I think now, yeah, it's done. It's done. We can move on. And I saw I saw a thing. For, sorry, sorry. No, go ahead. I saw a, a little clip there from the last AEW show, and um, they're doing this uh, trios tag team titles now. Three person. That's that's what trio means apparently. The uh, trio uh, tag team titles. Omega and the Bucks were the eventual winners of the titles on this pay per view, and Omega gets the camera right up to him and he says, "Boys in the back." Say something like boys in the back, see if you can beat that bitch or something like that. It's like oh, fuck off. We're... So it wasn't Let boys us... in the back where we're we're coming for a wee scrap in a locker room or anything. <laughs> nah, nah. I'm coming to save your dog, Larry. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Imagine we're... saving someone's dog and then getting bit by something else. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. It's pretty funny. <laughs> So we're we're moving on to the first match. Uh, it's probably safe to say, I think you touched on this at the start, that there's no really long matches here. Uh, there are probably a, a few that are about three minutes and, and maybe a five or six minute, but it's not an awful lot of long matches here. Um, but we're, what we're going to have, first of all, is a, a title unification match between uh, Booker T, who's the US champion, and Scott Steiner, who's the world champion. Um I think this is this is some pretty clear decision making by the WWF mm. guys here because uh, we're going to put the belts on Booker, uh, and he very clearly, even before I think we get to a little promo of his later on, uh, is going to be going to WWF. He has a job. Um, Scott Steiner, maybe not so much. Um, one of the things about this when I was doing that, I I don't do as much research as you but i did a little bit scott steiner genuinely believed this was going to be his last ever wrestling match uh, did he? he he didn't think they would ever sign him um at the time i don't think he had any interest in going you know japan mexico anywhere like that um and the i think tna start up was it within maybe a year or so of, of wcw mm -hmm. closing but they're, they're not on the horizon quite yet here um, so yeah, he he genuinely thought this would be his last ever match. Um, That's amazing. He, he's the what he's you know he's the world champion. That's just yeah. crazy. Yeah, um, I'm I'm sure he's got a real a really bad issue with his his foot or his his leg. At this point, he's really immobile. Yeah, um, it, when you it, it's funny because when you compare him to what he was when they were in the tag team, it, it, it's obviously a different style anyway because he's a powerhouse yeah. here and he's put on a lot of muscle like a stupid amount of muscle um, <laughs> but he's uh, he used to be so agile um, but I think I kind of got used to seeing him not so mobile um, mm -hmm. especially in his WWF run when they did eventually sign him um, when was that was that 2002 what oh, must have been now I, yeah, I think it was him Triple H at the Royal Rumble yeah, maybe it was 2000 was it, it might have been later than that um, it might have been now yeah, but yeah, I, I think his his view was he maybe wasn't the most popular there, and he's probably right in fairness. Um, so we yeah we we hear a little bit of storyline that they go into that Steiner had put Booker T on the shelf for about three months and bragged about it, and apparently he was going through a bit of a storyline angle of injuring people, then bragging about it. Um, nice. Uh, we've got the the so the ma the match gets started. I, I've not got it written in my notes who it is. I think. 
Steiner's always got a, like a female valley with him, but I, I don't think I recognise this one in terms Made- of I think that's the right name, yeah. Um, didn't really mean anything to me in terms of who it was or whether she'd nah, ever been a different I think she character. was one of his freaks. Yeah, okay. Um, so I've got a little bit of info about the match. Um, we've got Booker uh, avoiding a, a Steiner line hit him at, hitting a Harlem sidekick. Um, Booker punches to the corner, but Steiner lifts him up, power bombs Booker T. Uh, Medesia, oh, there it is. I do have the name in my notes somewhere. Nice. Uh, slaps Booker T. Um, they fight a little bit on the outside. Steiner has a lead pipe. Yes. Swings it. Booker duck. Steiner hits the ring post. Uh, he tried <laughs> to kill him. He's gone full. He tried to kill him. <laughs> uh, I love uh, that. We got um, uh, maybe he'd been watching a lot of like Jr. Uh, in, in full storytelling mode and thought this is how I've got to be if I want to get a job uh, we've got a clothesline then a bit of uh, flexing and posing uh, by Steiner then elbow drop belly to belly suplex by Steiner for a two um, Classic. Steiner uh, trying to suplex but Booker rolling out hitting him with a drop kick Booker with a knee to the guts then a I, I, I've got it written, they called it a ghetto blaster. I think it was like a scissor Jesus. kick. Jesus, yeah. Yeah, they, they went full on with David his moves. Um, Booker uh, with a, a, a pancake um, and then a, a spinneroonie. He, he he brings out the spinneroonie, which I think I'd maybe thought was more of a WWF thing, but it's clearly here. Yeah. Um, he clearly introduced do, it beforehand. Do you know what's really unfair on Booker T? Whenever I think, whenever someone says the word spinneroonie, which doesn't happen very often in my life, a lot less than I would like, um, I, I just immediately think of Kane. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's pretty harsh on Booker. It is. Um, Booker T uh, with the Harlem sidekick. Uh, Booker goes for the bookend. Steiner reverses it into a Northern Lights suplex for a two. Beautiful. Uh, Steiner goes for a power bomb, but Booker scrambles out of it uh, and hits the bookend for the pin win. Um, Booker is the new champion. He has both belts. Um, and I think for anyone that was in any doubt that uh, Booker was was uh, <laughs> going to be seeking employment elsewhere, I think it's pretty clear he's going to WWF. He, he gets he, he's selling the emotion as Booker T. Um, I always got the impression he was a pretty big crowd favourite in uh, mm-hmm. WCW. Um, they're obviously going to bring him in as a, a bit of a heel character. Um, so yeah, that's our, our first match and our title match, and uh, Booker's walking away with the gold. It was nice, 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 quick, snappy match. I really quite enjoyed it actually. I think um, that that's probably the type of match that suited this latter day Scott Steiner. hundred um, percent. I think you know, and I've got memories in his WWF run of him being in like quite long matches with Triple H. I, I, I don't think that was ever going to work really. So I think. I wonder when that was. That must have been. What year was WrestleMania eighteen? That was just two thousand two. Can it can it be then? I think the idea. I think they had the Rumble match. Then they had. Would it be No Way Out after that? I think they originally planned for it, for them to then have a third at WrestleMania, but they scrapped it, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how I bad think... the second one was? 
yeah, they weren't they weren't impressed by Steiner. So I think, yeah, as you say, I think it was going to be like one all and then go into a rubber. But in the end, they they yeah they just moved away from that whole plan. <laughs> um, we're we're going to have quite a few backstage segments with Vince. Um, some of them don't play brilliantly, but uh, we don't have to talk about them, do? We? I'll I'll, <sighs> I'll touch on them. Disgusting. Um, we've got Vince on the phone with his attorney, um, and he he basically is just running down the the area and the crowd and all that. The the last the panhandle. <laughs> yeah. He's 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 full heel, and you know he's specifically aiming it at WCW fans um, who are obviously seeing him all over their show. Uh, so this next match is tag team cruiserweight title number one contender. Is that a triple? Yeah, triple threat. Triple threat. Yep. So we've got Rey Mysterio and Billy Billy Kidman. We've yep. got. Shannon Moore and Evan Courageous. Three count, yep. And we've got Kaz Hayashi and Yang. Yeah, Jimmy Yang, who went on to become Jimmy Wang Yang? So I take it Shannon Moore and Evan Courageous are like a boy band style team. Yeah. I think there may be a a faction with Shane Helms. Right. Are they maybe all together? Right, I think they maybe okay. are. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, we've got... Um, the, Shannon, the, Shannon, sorry, Shannon Moore's best work was as, was as a little MFer. Yes. A matched yes. follower. Yeah, that was awesome. He's amazing. Anyway, sorry. Uh, I think Matt and Jeff were, were quite close with Shannon Moore and um, Shane Helms, actually. Oh, really? They, they were all quite close. Um yeah, there, there's a lot going on. I don't have a huge amount of notes. There's, it's one of these, you know, these are all quite uh, mobile guys. So there, there's a lot of action uh, through the match. We've got um, Moore and, and Kidman both doing uh, dives off the top turnbuckle out to the floor, taking out some people as they go. Um, we've got uh, Jimmy Yang with a nice corkscrew moonsault from the top. Um uh, 450 splash by Courageous on Kaz, uh, yeah. yeah, but the pin's broken up. Um, and uh, Rey Mysterio, uh, going for I've got going for a flying move on Shannon Moore in the ropes, but gets a kick in the nuts. Um, uh, how did you Ooh. feel seeing uh, a maskless Rey Mysterio? Didn't didn't work for me at all. Uh, especially especially with horns. The horns. Why the horns? Nah, the horns didn't work for me. Nah, yeah, it's I'm just glad. so odd. It's just really odd. As as probably haven't seen them first, and mm. I would think I probably saw them first in WWF more than more than anything. Yeah, WWE, whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad they went with the mask. Aye, so odd. Um, so uh, we've got uh, basically as we're heading towards the the end of the match, Shannon Moore gets tangled up in the ropes and Rey Mysterio hits a guillotine leg drop on Moore while he's still in the ropes. So that's a, a pin win for Mysterio and Kidman who are going to get the cruiserweight tag title match later on on this show. Yeah. Oh, thoughts on that? This, to me, was like the first ever AEW match. It, it was like 
honestly, this is like a dynamite match where just people do things that have absolutely zero repercussions and the aim is to just be more in the air than it is on the map. Yeah. And I, I, I appreciate it, to be fair. I appreciate it, but I was like, this is crazy how much this is like watching an AEW. If there was more super kicks, I would have thought the Young Bucks were in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll move on. <laughs> because we are heading back to Vince. Um, he's talking about talent on the phone, but gets very distracted when Trish turns up. Oh, talking of talent. She's she's got a bottle of champagne, and I think Vince is acting out some of his uh, his backstage behaviours on camera here. It's, sure. uh, it's, it all feels very uneasy now, and it's going to get worse. Uh, but yeah, yep. it, it's uh, this this just comes across a lot worse now, and it didn't come across great at the time. I don't think. <laughs> um, we've got the uh, the cruiserweight title up next. Uh, Shane Helms is going to be facing Chavo Guerrero. Shane Helms is, is champion here. Um, they seem to be really talking him up as, as we're going. They're talking about mm -hmm. him uh, changing yeah. the, the way cruiserweights are and things like that. Yeah, uh, like the, this, the, it describes the evolution of the cruiserweight division or something like that, doesn't it? Yeah, that's the word I couldn't find in my head. That's the exact <laughs> word they use. Um, he's got his own dancers, Sugar Shane Helms, yep. when he comes out. Um, really good theme music. Yeah, yeah. I mean, great stuff. Um, we've got, <laughs> what was it? He be, oh, he became ah uh, the superhero character. Well, what's up with hurricane. that? Yeah, brilliant, <laughs> amazing. Um, so we've got again. I've got a few notes. Not not a huge amount. Uh, Helms with a, a very elaborate knee lift from an F five position, um, and then a neck breaker. Um, Chavo clotheslining Helms to the outside. Shivani says, this is what WCW has been about for the last year and a half, all the young talent. Um, we've got a top rope sunset flip by Helms for a two. Yeah, uh, I've never seen anybody do a sunset flip from the top rope before, have you? No, I don't think so. Yeah, He was um, really high in there. I quite like seems counterproductive. Helms, I quite like him. Uh, me too, um, yep. We've got uh, Chavo with a, a clothesline to, to take advantage again. Uh, top rope high crossbody for a two by Helms. Uh, a T-bone suplex by Chavo for a two. I, I assume, when I say these slightly quizzically, I assume that's what the <laughs> announcer has called these things, and I've just written that down. Nice. Um, we've got a double arm suplex uh, with a bridge for a two by Chavo. Um Sunset flip, flip attempt by Chavo, but Helms sits down on it for a two. That's um, right. I thought they were going to SummerSlam 92 finish. Uh, yeah, right. it did look like it. Um, tilt a whirl backbreaker by Helms. Nice. Um, Helms with a, a nice kick, then shouts vertebreaker, but Chavo fights out. Um, but we then have Helms executing the vertebreaker this time to retain. I'm not sure how much I like the look of that move. Yes. Um, Chavo tucked his head really like what felt like really late on. And I was Too looking late. at it thinking, yeah, that that is a disaster way to happen <laughs> that move. I wonder if he kept doing it when he got to WWF. So they told him, I don't know if it was uh, Pritchard or, or they told him not to use the Vertebreaker. And he just did it anyway. Oh. Like on, on, on that show, they told him oh, not they to use it right. to finish the match. Really? Oh. Um, I just did it anyway. 
It's, it's he, crazy. He still ended up getting a job. Yeah. Aye. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he he retains as your your cruiserweight champion. Uh, aside from the finishing move, I, I do quite like him. Uh, I think he's a he's a good good performer. Um, yeah, me he, too. I enjoyed the match. Is, I think is he a producer now? In, yeah, in I think so. I, th- yeah. I think he got let go during COVID times. Um, you know, they, they they did a bit a bit of a mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, they got rid of a lot of people, but I, I don't know if he is anymore. But I think he maybe is. I think he maybe is, maybe okay. back. Um. We've got a little promo here by Booker T. So if you were left in any doubt about your <laughs> employment, you're not going to be after this. Um, he says, this is the end of the, the, uh, a chapter, but there are many pages left in the book. He says he's going to prove he's the best in the business. And if anyone wants to step to him, they're to come at his face. Um, don't hate the player. Hate the game. Um, oh, hate the game. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah. So I what? can see, you know, he is actually. I think when they start bringing people in, he's. You could maybe argue DDP. They're the two right at the top that are that are being brought in. I found it weird DDP wasn't on this show, but he's he's got a little video package later on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's um, Booker T. Yeah, one hundred percent, just ramming it down everyone's throat that he is going to be turning up on. Uh, Fuck WWF. Y'all. Do you do you think that's why Triple H took so long to go for the pin at WrestleMania 19? Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Don't hate the player, hate the game. Yeah, that that could be it. That could be it. Uh, We're back to Vince again. Oh dear, Um, here it is. Here it is. So Michael Cole uh, comes into the room. Excuse me, sir. Yeah. Quick, Uh, quick update. Frosted tips, still frosted tips in March two thousand and one. <laughs> uh, we've got yeah, he, he Cole asks about WCW job security, and Vince asks how Cole feels about his job security. <laughs> um, Trish then says she she loves when Vince is forceful. <sighs> Vince says, "Cheers to being forceful." Um, that's that's not good now. Oh, I'm surprised they've never, you know, like they they've done sort of George. Ah, they've done like the sort of George Lucas style uh, edits of. Sometimes you'll watch episodes are on. They've taken out the F when they're saying WWF and yeah. promos and stuff. I'm surprised they've never taken that out. Yeah, Have you ever toasted to being forceful? I've not. No. Nah, it's I a new never, one. Yeah, never felt the never felt appropriate. I don't think. In, Fair enough. Yeah, in my life. But anyway, um, we've now next up. We've got a tag team title match: um, Sean O'Hare and Chuck Palumbo are going up against Lance Storm and Mike Awesome. My God, Sean O'Hare and Chuck Palumbo. Vince must have watched this and thought, "Yep, sign them, sign them today, sign them right <laughs> now." Yeah. They they look like Vince's other wet dream. Um, aside from what else he's got going on. Um, so we've got Lance Storm. Uh, he's he's got a microphone, and he asks everyone to rise for the Canadian national anthem, and uh, it plays. I don't know why I didn't expect it to play when when he was doing. Yeah, this, me, it did. me too. I, I was always a big fan of uh, Lance Storm. He's uh, he's good in his his unique way. Trem- uh, tremendous in the ring. Yeah, it's actually you know you've got Mike Awesome there as well, who was very very talented as well. Um, the fat chick thriller. 
What, what was it? Sure. Is that his gimmick? That was something like that, yeah. <laughs> not, not sure what happened to him in the immediate aftermath of this, whether he came across straight away. I couldn't I couldn't remember. Uh, Mike Awesome won the hardcore title. He, I think he was the first ever WCW. He just inserted himself in the middle of a hardcore match as part ah, of the, okay. the really early on. Right, so he was there the from the... Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, a couple of very talented guys and a couple of incredible-looking guys on the, on the other side. Um, we've got Shivani getting a bit distracted at times as he's he's trying to announce this match, and uh, he's he's just questioning uh, the uncertainty, employees, people with families, mortgages to pay, and all that. And his uh, his co-announcer tries to drag him back to, to focus on the match. Um, we've Classic got Scott. <laughs> Yeah, we've got. Uh, I've I've got a few notes for this, but not a huge amount. Um, attempt at a roll up by Palumbo, drop kick by Storm. Shono here is in a side kick and a slam. Um, Storm makes the save. Everyone's in at a point quite early on. It's a little bit of a feeling of carnage here. Again, none of these matches last a particularly long amount of time. Um, mm-hmm. But you can see the like the the shape that the uh, O'Hare and Palumbo are in. They can they can fly and move about as well, pretty effectively. Um, always surprises me they didn't become bigger stars. Maybe just couldn't talk. Maybe that was the the issue. Excuse um, me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> do you not remember Billy and Chuck? I do remember Billy and Chuck. I remember like one like wedding angle or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and Rico. Yeah, yeah, I remember all of it. Yeah, they did. They did do stuff with Shono here. They did like weird. He was like a almost reminded. What was Don Callis's character called? Where he had like a third eye. Oh, <laughs> the the jackal or something yeah, weird like that. Yeah. They, they yeah. did that sort of thing with him, but they did like a a reporter type gimmick with him as well. Yeah. Didn't they? And did they try and put him with Roddy Piper as well for a period of time? I think so. And wow, I think, that's again, like... That was... Wow. I think right. that was to try and get somebody who could talk along along with him, basically. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think they maybe, they maybe tried. Palumbo, I think, had a longer run, a more effective run. Um, but, yeah, very much a, a tag guy uh, in the end. Um, we've got Mike Awesome going for uh, an awesome bomb. Palumbo wriggling out, uh, kick to the face. O'Hare's up the top and hits the what they call a shanton bomb um, oh dear. for the for the pin win. So Palumbo and O'Hare retain. I assume they moved across on day one, um, and that that's no surprise. Um, yeah, I think. They, they, in fairness, oh, I, I think we we were both quite big fans of Mike Awesome. Um, so there's quite a lot there that WWE probably liked the look of. I don't know what did they bring in Lance Storm? I, I think La- yeah. I think Storm Lance and Storm Mahoney and... maybe kicked off the invasion. Yeah, he, he he's in the ring no. isn't he? straight away. Mike... Storm. What's that? What was that? What's the Hugh Morris? That's what, uh, Hugh Morris. Storm and, and Hugh Morris are the ones yeah, that, that right. kicked off yeah. the invasion. Um, good worker, Lance Storm, and you know he has his way on the microphone, which I always found very entertaining. And we we did a we did a pay per view where Team Canada were on it. I think that was two thousand two. Yeah. Um, yeah. Him and Christian were a tag team. They may even have been tag team champions. 
Yeah. Um, I think I think that was the the, the Austin Triple H two out of three falls pay per view maybe. Okay. Okay. So he's yeah, that sounds right. Company for a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's had behind scenes roles as well. Um, quite highly thought of, I think. Um, I'm not so high on this next segment that I'm going to be talking about here. Um, we've got Sean Stasiak um, with Stacey Keebler and Bam Bam Bigelow. So the storyline for this is that um, Bam Bam says, we've got him saying, uh, he, if, if he wins their match, he wants to tattoo that pretty little thing in the ring. Um, Stacey Axe says that's fine. Stacey will do anything for him. Stacey does not look impressed at that comment. <laughs> and Bam Bam says he means Stacey Axe, uh, but that's the match set. So basically, if Bam Bam wins, he's going to get to tattoo Stacey Axe. Stacey Axe become meat, is that right? Meat, yep. Yeah. Okay. I think so, his dad was like quite a big a big wrestler back in the sort yeah. of territory days. I think he's okay. maybe his name comes up when people talk about trainers as well. I think he, right. he maybe trained quite a lot of talents. He's so big, Stasiak. He's massive. Yeah. Uh, and he'd be uh, another get... Vince. Aye. Yeah. Loved. The way we, I'm sure he loved Stacey as well. He would have loved the package. Uh, yeah, okay. So, um... Lex Luger never came over, did he? <laughs> uh, so Stacey comes out, uh, teases taking off some clothes and dancing, but instead, no, she's just there to introduce Sean, the star Stasiak. Um, Bam Bam uh, comes out immediately interrupting Stasiak's promo just as he's uh, he's getting ready to deliver it. A little bit rude for, for meat uh, there. I, I did not take a note of what Stasiak said, but I've just got on my notes, meat cut a world-class promo. I, I don't have that. I don't have that. Do you- I remember Stasiak just being, he was on like every episode of Sunday Night Heat. Mm-hmm. And there was always something like a bit buffoon-like. Like he, <laughs> he, he'd just come across as a total idiot in every segment. <laughs> bit of a shame thinking about it, thinking back. Um, so yeah, Bam Bam interrupts the promo and he's got his tattoo kit with him. Um, I'm sure we're all he looks like complete this. shit. Yeah, he does, yeah. <laughs> My uh, bad. I'm sure, Sorry. I'm, sure, I'm sure we're all thinking he's got the kit, so Bam Bam's going to win this match. That's all fine. Uh, Stacy act playing the heel, but actually holds Stacy in front of him when uh, when Bam Bam enter the, enters the ring. I've got in my notes, looking at the state of Bam Bam, this has got five star written all over it. <laughs> <laughs> so I've clearly noticed what you did as well. Uh, I liked Bam Bam back in the day, but he, he, he looks so washed up here. It's it's not it's not good. Yeah, um, Hack going for a dive off the top rope, but I've got written a comedy overshoots the on Russian <laughs> band. <Bam. laughs> so he's maybe That's... been playing this character for a wee while, <laughs> planting the seeds for Vince. <laughs> mm, I like the look of that guy. I've <laughs> uh, got Bam Bam uh, doing the the diving headbutt off the top, and I'm thinking this is it. This is the match. Um, but Stacey's already on the apron, providing the distraction. Um, Bam Bam gets uh, Stacey Ack up for the greetings from Asbury Park move. Uh, but Stacey is still on the apron and reaches out, grabs Stacey Ack's legs, uh, throws Bam Bam 
off his balance a little bit. Uh, Stasiak wriggles three, wriggles free, uh, and wins with what I've got written as a glorified neck breaker. <laughs> yeah, uh, yep, reverse neck breaker. Yeah, yeah. So, I think winning with a body slam. <laughs> so, a devastating. Yeah, it just seems a bit nothing, but that's all it took to put Bam Bam away in this era, which is a shame. Well, yeah. Um, so yeah, no tattoo for uh, Stasiak, and uh, I, I don't think Vince is cut, is on the phone to Bam Bam straight away. But you know, I think I assume he's already got Stasiak and uh, Stacy. I shouldn't say tied up. That's where my um, words were going, but you know. Um, so yeah, where are we going next? Oh yes, William William Regal. William Regal. So we've got. Regal and Vince basically promoting WrestleMania, um, yep. and Regal is questioning why Vince has brought bought that dreadful place WCW. Bloody, bloody dreadful place! <laughs> he, he runs it down. We all we all know Regal's been there previously. Um, yeah, I, I always like Regal when he's speaking. He's, there's something funny about him. Uh, but yeah, he's. I, I, I'm trying to remember the role he's playing. Is he like in a commissioner role? Commissioner, right? Yeah. Aye. Um, so yeah, he's uh, he's he's questioning whether this is definitely a good idea. But Vince sets his mind at ease. It's, it's all fine. He knows what he's doing. Um, so yeah, that's. It just felt like it was there to run down WCW a bit, really. Um, that was it. Yeah. We've got a, a promo now on a video. It's a video package from DDP, um, who is another one of the, you know, pretty high-level stars that is going across straight away. Um, we've got DDP on a video thanking all wrestling fans for allowing him to become DDP and helping him to make it. He thanks his wife Kimberly and WCW wrestling fans for believing in him, helping him realise his dream. He says, is that dream over? And says, it's time to take it to another level. And you know what he means by that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, Do you know what he means by that? He's, he's going to get to go and be some creepy stalker. Uh, That's what I was going to say. Taking it to the next level means stalking yeah. the Undertaker's wife. Uh, I assume he probably didn't know that was going to happen at the time, but well, maybe he did. Who knows? Um, we've got a, a like a video package after that with just some former WCW stars and champions. Um, and, oh, uh, and 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 that um, that reminds me when when Bischoff was on the phone the previous week, he kind of puts out there that any former WCW champion is welcome. Um, at next week's Nitro, bring your boots, is what he says. You, like, and and to be fair, if this is the final Nitro, you would kind of exp- expect a Hogan, Nash, Goldberg. Here's a celebration, Flair, Sting, all of them. Everyone they've got under contract who's a huge name, you would expect. David Arquette. Yeah, I don't know whether <laughs> whether. <laughs> WWF had any impact on that? Like, are they so, looking so the, at it and saying, if we don't have these guys coming to us, we, we don't necessarily want to showcase them on this final show? So apparently they didn't want to, uh, from what I've read and heard, they didn't want to make a big thing of the, this final episode because the, they, they fully intended for there to be a Nitro. 
Uh-huh. the next okay. week or okay. you know in subsequent yeah. weeks so they didn't want it to be this big ceremonial thing but but looking back now it's just eh, it's treated terribly <laughs> it, it's treated so so much less than it, everything that's going on on the other shows um and to yeah to wrap it up this way it did it felt like i'm trying to remember the way you worded it did you say a slap in the face or something like that to the fans the WCW yeah, fans. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if this is your show and these are your guys and you're seeing it basically be a vehicle for an advert for WrestleMania, basically, um, and all these Vince promos, like every segment, there's a Vince promo. <sighs> it, should, it, should, it should be really emotional and there's like no emotion in it. Yeah. Maybe yeah. anger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anger no, and anger. frustration. Um, We've got Vince on the phone again. Uh, says it's just about that time. I think indicating that the simulcast and you know talking about some of the talent and things like that is is getting close. Uh, but first few things to deal with before then, we are going to go into the tag team cruiserweight title match. So this is Rey Mysterio and Billy Kidman against them. Um, Elix Skipper and Kid Romeo, but did they have slightly different names? Elix Skipper was called Prime Time. That's it, Prime Time. I had to um, look him up because I was like, "This, I think this guy might be called Eli Skipper." But then, yeah, Elix <laughs> Skipper. Um, so yeah, we're on the on the intro for this match, uh, Shivani is uh, basically calling out Regal and. Uh, yeah, like calling, him, calling him Stephen Regal, which was his name in WCW, and said that they had to do some ridiculous things in the past, like put him over. Um, yeah, just uh, Shivani having a, a little go. Um, which I think apparently said, they're they're big mates. Yeah, I'd I'd heard that I'd, one of Shivani's podcasts had heard him mention they were actually pretty close, um, and I think you mentioned that Shivani just do this off his own back, just decided to. Yeah. Ignite a potential future little bit of storyline there. Um, so yeah, w- once we get into the match, we've got uh, Skipper and Romeo. What was it? Prime time. That's what I should call him. That's what he's referred to as here. Prime time and Romeo with some quick combinations. Uh, Romeo with a belly to belly throw uh, on Kidman, and then he and Prime time a bit of double teaming on Kidman. Got uh, Kidman with a crossbody for for a two. Prime time sliding out like the Matrix. I think we <laughs> say that on the commentary. Um, still, it looked quite impressive. Um, we've got Romeo coming off the top, but uh, Kidman catching him with a drop kick as he's on the way down. Uh, Mysterio gets the the hot tag in, and uh, we've got a tornado DDT on Romeo, but Skipper has. Prime time, whatever, uh, makes the save. Mysterio takes Romeo out and he and Kidman start double teaming prime time. Uh, oh, we've got Ross's favourite move again. I didn't think we would see it on a WCW show, but uh, Mysterio with a Bronco Buster on prime time. Jesus. Yeah. That was <sighs> going on in both shows. Um We've got uh, Romeo sneaking in while Mysterio is having a, a wee moment of celebration. Uh, doesn't last long any advantage. Mysterio with a powerbomb on Romeo. Got a springboard headbutt off the top rope 
by Mysterio, but uh, Primetime makes the save. Well, uh, Mysterio on Primetime's shoulders, but uh, Primetime drops back uh, for a pinning suplex attempt, but that's a two. We've got uh, Kidman with, I, th- I think they called it the Kid Crusher. Um, oh dear, that's a that's not a good name for anything. Yeah, it, it reminded me of an unprettier the movie was doing. Uh, oh yeah, I, yep. And uh, that's the the pin win for Kidman and Mysterio. We have new champs, um, and both will become again WWE guys. Uh, I don't know if that mm-hmm. belt ever came across a cruiserweight tag belt. No, I don't think so. Um, and Mysterio, Mysterio must have sat out his contract, did he? He yeah, must have done, he? Or did he go and wrestle in Mexico or something? He, he, he definitely didn't move like next or straight away. Um, he, I can't remember when he would have appeared. There was definitely a bit of a gap. Um, he doesn't strike me as having a guy that would have had a contract that you would just sit on, but maybe, maybe. Um, always sort of associate with the really highly paid top level guys. I suppose it's get paid and rest mm-hmm. or get paid and, and, and wrestle. And maybe when you're his uh, style, maybe rest is uh, is going to do you quite a lot of good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, he may well have wrestled somewhere else as well while he was uh, before joining WWE. Obviously, had a huge career once he made the move across. Um, what about Kid Romeo? Did he ever get picked up? Do you it, know, it wasn't, it wasn't a name that rang a bell for me. I, I didn't look him up when I was looking into this. I have to admit. He looks like he would struggle to get past the wellness policies. Yeah, um, I think so. Was my view. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we'll move on to a, a promo from Sting. Uh, he is here. He answers the challenge from Rick, Ric Flair. Um, he says he wouldn't miss this, this final show. Uh, he says in terms of his future, nothing is for sure, but says it's showtime, folks. Um, so obviously this is a guy that did not uh, make the move for a very, very long time. Uh, eventually showed up in WWE. I want to say that's only probably about five, six years ago or something like that. Um, five, six years ago now? Yeah, I would have thought so. Oh, dear, 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 Adam. Uh, you're probably right, actually, because I'd be a bit... Oh, well, WrestleMania 31... That's about was was Triple H thing. Aye. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, so yeah, he. I know he goes to TNA for a while. I know that he. I think just he will have had a very nice contract that he could set out uh, off the back of of this. Um, there's part of me that wishes he'd never actually gone to WWE because he he basically would have been the only top level guy that just never ever went, which, mm-hmm. I don't know, would have been kind of cool uh, in, in its own way. Michael Cole bit... could have never shouted, the war is over. <laughs> I, don't, I think maybe if he'd known that something like AEW was on the horizon, maybe he never would have actually made the move. Mm. Um, but yeah, so we're we must be getting close to, to simulcast time, but we've got one more match we're going to have b- before we get there. Uh, Sting against Ric Flair, I think quite an appropriate final match have on a nitro yep. um, first ever first uh, did it close the first ever nitro i think that's right yeah yeah, yeah. which just feels like a nice bookends uh, oh. part, part of the reason why I, I think this may be 
they could have found a way for this to end it, but you know they have to have their bombshell storyline moment, uh, obviously, because mm. it's WWE and they've got WrestleMania tickets to sell. Um, <laughs> so we've got um, Sting being he's actually talked about uh, on the entrances as the guy that never made the jump when when there was a hell of a lot of money available. Um, even Ric Flair made the jump, which they they do reference. Uh, they both get pretty positive crowd reactions for the crowd that's there you know it's as you said earlier not the most invested crowd you've ever heard look um, it's the ultimate warrior <laughs> you uh, <laughs> you mentioned earlier uh, about rick flair and uh him he's wearing a nitro t-shirt um for this match mm-hmm. so he actually mm-hmm. he actually wrestles the match in a t-shirt um, now, my memory of it was he wasn't happy with the shape he was in. Is that, is that the situation? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, he he doesn't want to basically look bad uh, in this. So he's, he's going to wear a T-shirt, which just looks really weird, uh, Ric Flair in a match wearing a T-shirt. Like, how, how bad shape could he be in and to look worse than wrestling with a T-shirt tucked into his yeah. pants? Yeah. Um, We've got, you know, there's, there's, uh, they talk about and they show a bit of respect between the two, uh, but then we're starting with the chops, um, Flair with with chops in the corner, but Sting reverses it and hits a, a flurry of his own. Um, I think, you know, we we sort of know, we hear some storyline about the fact that Ric Flair made Sting. Um, I've I've definitely seen bits of and heard bits of uh when when sting was just coming through rick flair just massively building him and putting him over and you know going hour long draws and then him getting the win and things like that and uh helping make him as as the huge star that he he became um we've got there's some classic rick flair moments in here um we've got him doing his his strutting early on we've got him doing his sort of face plant fall uh, at a point we've got him doing some like begging off when sting's got him in the corner so there's some i, I suppose people who are invested in this want to see things like that that's you know that's the the rick flair style yeah that's uh, what this match felt like to me it was a it's a bit fan service yeah a bit of, yeah a bit of fun a good send-off or perfect sort of send-off actually Almost like some of the stuff they would maybe do in a house show when cameras weren't rolling. That that that's yep. it kind of yeah. had that feel to it. Uh, we've got Sting with uh, a kick and a drop kick. Uh, we've got he, he's he's got a lot of the offense uh, going here. Uh, Sting for for a lot of the match. We've got him doing his uh, gorilla press slam. Um, we've got Sting. I think when I think it's when Ric Flair does his his. Sort of fall onto the mat. Uh, Sting actually takes a little bow and and does his own woo. Um, we've got Sting has uh, Flair by the throat uh, and Flair, dirtiest player in the game, hits a low blow uh, to take a little bit of control. We've got some chops by Flair and then a knee drop. Um, Flair, oh, he goes to the top turnbuckle. Takes an awful long time to get up there. What's he even going to do once he's up there? Uh, Land on his up. side. <laughs> Stings up, catches him, throws him off. Um, got Sting with a clothesline. Goes for a, a drop kick, but uh, as he's propelled Flair off the ropes, Flair holds the rope. Sting hits the mat. Flair locks in the figure four. So he's got the figure four in. He's playing a bit heel here. He's using the ropes for leverage. 
Sting turns it. As we know, that reverses the pressure. That's uh, that's putting all the pressure on on Nate here now. Um, drops by Flair, but they're they're having no impact as Sting's kind of doing his own version of hulking up. I can't remember what it would have been referred to in in Sting terms referred to as. Um, Sting, that's another classic sort of flare moment. Sting throws flare into the ropes and he, he sort of turns upside down. Um, yeah, he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't, doesn't execute that one very quite, well. Yeah, doesn't quite really have the, the energy to do that these days. Um, <laughs> Sting with a, a suplex on flare and then he locks in the scorpion deathlock and uh, flare, flare submits. And so Sting has won the last ever wrestling match on Nitro. Um, There's a wee a wee trivia a wee trivia answer for you at some point. Yeah, um, we we get you know a sort of feel good moment. They embrace. They they sort of celebrate together. Um, they've obviously wrestled wrestled each other a hell of a lot of times over the years. Um, I think this is where the announcers are are selling that you know Sting has this appreciation for Flair. He knows what he did for him all those years ago, helping him become a star. So, yeah, nice moment I think. But uh, unfortunately, we're not done. I would say. Um, I, I I just didn't like this because you know it's a WCW show. It's their last show, and this is how it's going to end and go out. But here we go. So, Vince McMahon. Uh, is is out in the raw ring, and we know that this is being simulcast. He is strutting like he's never strutted before. Hmm. Um, Heyman is on announced duties with JR, um, and quite a bit of sucking up Heyman's doing to, towards hmm. Vince here, which is quite funny positioning it with where we're just about to go with the invasion angle. Um, so Vince is talking about, you know, for the first time ever, uh, this is also being shown on the Turner Network. Um, Vince confirms he has acquired WCW. He has bought his competition. He then, we have the little wrinkle of, it's not exactly final, but uh, as Time Warner are begging him to buy WCW, he has agreed to do it. However, he wants to sign the contract at WrestleMania on pay-per-view. He says he will sign the contract when Ted Turner himself walks down the aisle at WrestleMania and delivers the contract to Vince. Um, He's laying it on pretty thick now. Uh, Vince says people ask how he did this. Vince says the truth is he did it all on his own. (laughs) It was his effort and his money and People ask, how do you beat a billionaire? Well, the way you beat a billionaire is you become one yourself. Vince says he wants Ted Turner to see what he will do to Shane, which is uh, you have to grab your competition by the throat and squeeze the life out of them. That's what he did to WCW, and that's what he is going to do to Shane. He's quite long-winded in hyping this uh, <laughs> this match that's coming up at WrestleMania. Um Vince then talks about what he's going to do with WCW and says he wants a little bit of fan reaction. Uh, he's going to do thumbs up, thumbs down um, and, you know, take account of how they react, although clearly he's not going to take any account of that. Um, talks about the possibility of putting WCW on the shelf. 
Uh, talks about how he might just sit and watch all the old WCW tapes and does a bit of mocking a Hulk Hogan there while he's while he's doing that. Yeah. Um, Vince says he could take WCW and make it a huge media conglomerate, just like he did with WWE. He says they know how to do that. But for now, he wants fan reaction to certain stars. First one he asks about is Hulk Hogan. And I was a little bit surprised. And, you know, when he eventually comes in, he has the match with Rock and he's a massive baby face that's getting a brilliant reaction. They're a little bit lukewarm uh, in the reaction. Kind of some cheers and some boos. Uh, for, for it's because he asks. It's because he does thumbs up, thumbs down, and they just cheer for both. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 I don't. I don't like really the odd way to get crowd reaction. That there is a negative reaction for Lex Luger. There is a positive really? reaction for yeah, Lex. There's a positive reaction for Buff Bagwell. Bagwell. Yep. Uh, I think even Ben says oh, a lot yeah. for Bagwell. <laughs> probably wasn't expecting that. Get <laughs> uh, a good reaction for Booker T and yep. for Big Papa Pump. Yep. Um, there's a Goldberg chant breaking out, um, and Vince kind of relents and says, oh, "I'll ask about a couple more then." But then he asks about Sting. <laughs> Um, and there's a, a good reaction for Sting, and then he asks about Goldberg, and uh, that's clearly the one the fans are, are most invested in at that moment. Uh, I think there'd always been the hope you would see a, a Austin and Goldberg program uh, some point down the line. Um, Vince says he could line up all the WCW stars, look them in the face, and say, You're fired! <laughs> nice. Give it a go. Um, Vince says that is what's going to happen because he is going to put WCW on the shelf. He's going to bury it. He says, every single one of you will be buried. Now, that turns out to be true. Every talent that goes across basically <laughs> does end up getting buried, but in a slightly different way. Um, there's an asshole chant starting up by the crowd, and Vince says, I deserve more respect. Damn it, I'm Vince McMahon. Um, and then we've got Shane's music starting up. Um, Shane doesn't appear on the ramp, but does appear on the Titantron. He's at Panama City. He's at Nitro. So Vince, despite this being really obvious in the visual of what you're saying, it's like he looks confused. Shane, where are you? Shane says, I'm here in Panama City. Uh, here in Panama City Beach, Florida, standing in a WCW ring. Shane says Vince Ego got the best of him, wanting to sign the contract at WrestleMania with Ted Turner there. Shane says the deal is finalised and the name on the contract does contract does say McMahon, but it says Shane McMahon. Vince says he now owns WCW. Vince says just like WCW kicked Vince's ass in the past, and it will again, that is what's going to happen this Sunday at WrestleMania. Vince sells the shock, does his, his very best to sell it. Um, yeah, that's basically it. That's us. <sighs> and and Siobhan, you you've uh, you've recapped that incredibly well. Shavoni doesn't even get a chance to sign off. Yeah, you know they go off after Flair Flair Sting, and um, we go into Jr. and and uh, Heyman, like you said. I, I would like 
to remain uh, because it's a simulcast. You couldn't have. I'd love to have heard what Shivani would have been saying in response to everything Vince was saying because Shivani was yeah. on fire for this yeah. episode. Um, yeah. Which is a, sh- a little bit of a shame. What a shitty way! If I, I, I mean that is like gold dust to not the androgynous type, but the that is like gold dust to them to being able to do that. Like you said, it's it's the the raw before it's the go home raw. Uh, they've still got SmackDown, I think, at that point, but it's the go home raw before WrestleMania seventeen. Yeah. Just they must just have been in heaven as far as that's concerned. Yeah. But from a WCW's fan perspective, what a way to disrespectfully treat yeah. uh, uh, almost you know like an arguably superior wrestling. Certainly, historically, res- yeah. wrestling company. Yeah, it's 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 brutal because I don't get me wrong. I get it from a business standpoint. I totally get it. They're they're doing what they feel is best for them to sell, to sell tickets. I, I get it. Um, but the this this is this is the end. And like you uh, you said earlier, that they maybe don't quite view it that way because their original plan is to resurrect it and have it go in, you know, potentially on a different network. Whatever Raw is right now, I think, was, was going to be branded as a WCW show. That's that's kind of what was talked about for a while. Um, but for, for everyone that's working there, obviously you've got wrestlers, can't take all of them. You've got announcers. Well, they've already got announcers. You've got crew that, that, that work there and, and do various jobs. They've already got theirs. Do they need these guys? Do they want them? Blah, blah, blah. These guys don't know. And for the fans that were diehard fans, and this was their show, and their show that they watched throughout all those years, um, it's just such a... Here's what it is, Taz. It's a tiny little element of a storyline for what we're running mm-hmm. over here. And that that's yeah. all it is. And this is your sign-off, but it's not your sign-off because we need this over here now. And yeah, it just it felt so cold. Aye, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's quite horrible. And and the I think they even plug Raw. I think they plug the main event yeah. of Raw, Rock and yeah. Austin v Kane and Undertaker, uh, which I believe they were asked not to do, and they just did it anyway. Okay. As well. Yeah, because if you're the TV it's network, it works. You don't want them changing channel and, and going over there, which I, I imagine most wrestling fans were doing anyway when the shows don't finish at the same time, they'll, they'll flip over. But hmm. yeah, so um, yeah, a, f- a few things I had noted after it was, uh, you know, uh, the WWF officials apparently telling talent plan was WCW will have its own show, you'll get your opportunity type thing. Uh, original plan, make Raw a WCW show, and I know that's been said. I always find it really surprising because Raw Aye. at the time was the flagship. Was the flagship? Not, not like nowadays, it's it's totally changed. At that time, I don't think there was any doubt Raw was the the flagship show. Um, WCW did get a. I think it was just a main event. I don't think they got a chunk of the show. I think it was basically a a match, um, which the crowd didn't massively buy into. Um, some talents would join immediately. The Booker T, DDP, Palumbo and O'Hare. Um, meet, I think. Uh, but yeah, the, a lot of top tier WCW contracts were uh, guaranteed, which meant that guys like Hogan, Nash, Hall, Goldberg, Sting, they would be sitting at home getting paid and 
like you touched on earlier, why would you not? I suppose mm-hmm. if 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 you're going to get more money, maybe to to move across. But then, from WWE's point of view, it's a matter of time before those contracts run down, and then you're kind of the only game in town at that level. So I think they always knew they could wait it out. But then, if you knew you could wait it out for the top talent having the invasion angle when you did, didn't really make sense. But mm. um, yeah, so that that's. That's it. That's Nitro. That's the the end. Yep. And and I think we we we've probably said this a number of times. Talk about different uh, times within the the industry or across the wrestling timelines, but probably the most significant thing happening in wrestling. You know since the death of territories possibly um you could it's such a ripple in time if you if you look if we were to ever look at the possibilities of what things might look like if they hadn't done this if bischoff's company consortium had mm-hmm. had bought them if i don't know if they hadn't done that angle and had quietly purchased them and continued it yeah. And, and I get they didn't have the TV deal, but you know they got EC, they got WWECW on Sci-Fi. <laughs> true, true. And um, you know, I suppose if you go out to TV networks and you're Vince McMahon, and you have these incredibly highly rated shows that you're already producing, you could, to a, a an okay extent, you know, get meetings and talk deals. And probably get a pretty good deal. Sure. You know, if you're saying, well, we've got this other show, this is what's happening. You know, we're not going to reference this on screen um, because we, you know, have have plans for future, you know. And then you could have had The Rock turning up on a WCW show or something like that. And, you yeah. know, imagine that out of the blue. Imagine that when you didn't know it was coming. I know. That's it. That, it's exactly it. Keep it, yeah. keep it looking. You know, make make your tweaks mm-hmm. uh, for things that you want to change, but make it look the exact same. And you've got, uh, pro, pro, you you've not got ratings, but you've probably got moments, mm-hmm. like just yeah. like what you're saying. Rock yeah. turns up on Nitro, and they, they just pissed about with the belts and basically devalue. You know, I think the Rock was the last ever WCW champion. That's right. Yeah. Um. It's, it's, yeah, it's shitty. Yeah, it's it's a shame. And, you know, the having that competition, and, you know, obviously at this point it was pretty weak. It had been weakened. It had been so, getting destroyed in the ratings. But it, it was real competition, at least. It was someone that you could look at and think, well, we've got to beat them or we've got to do better than them or they've upped their game, so we've got to up ours, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And apparently, um, I think the WCW just come off a pay-per-view greed, maybe. Yeah. Um, apparently, what what you said that Shivoni had, had said, that they've been focused on younger talent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the fact that your main event here, Steiner v Booker T, sort of uh, shows a bit of evidence of that, that, that they were highlighting the right people. Um, whereas when we were watching it in 1998, it was just like Hogan and Powell sort of thing. Uh, yeah. Aye. 
So apparently they it was felt that round about this time they were getting back on track with actually putting on quite a decent uh, product, yeah. which is yeah, a shame. It does make you think, because yeah, there's all these years coming up after and, you know, TNA does turn up, but it's it's not real competition. It's uh, very much secondary, whereas uh, yeah. in this battle, you know, the lead changed hands a couple of times, you know, it, it, it was it was real and across the both of them there were a hell of a lot of people watching wrestling yeah and and there was a bit of a, a an explosion of of indies um probably what later 2000s maybe yeah um, you know like you can argue that without this happening you don't have that mm-hmm. you, yeah. you don't have ring of honor um and, and all the other sort of smaller independent shows and uh, organizations you don't have nxt you don't have aw you don't have mm-hmm. i don't know yeah, yeah. and it, like i i think you know i'm not currently overly invested in the existing product i might, I might get there I, I get the impression you're a, you're a few steps ahead of me uh in, in terms of enthusiasm and you know things like that and maybe, maybe it'll get there i think i'm still in the mindset where i i expect it to be bad until i watch it and it's not if, if that makes sense and i've mm-hmm. just not been watching so um yeah but it's uh i got so used to it being bad but i think a lack of competition is part of that you can get lazy you know you're, you you know you've got your long tv deal does it matter if every segment looks amazing when there's nothing on another channel you know um but I think there is hope that we, with, I think WWE will probably have a bit of a revival. It feels like it already. It feels like it's a fresh start almost. But I kind of hope that AEW can sort of whatever shit <laughs> needs to be sorted out and be a viable other product because things are better when you've got two. I, I, I fully believe things are better when if two are thriving, then the, the whole landscape looks better. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Forces both. Forces everybody up their game, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, enjoy, I enjoyed it. I, th- I thought it was a good episode and it's obviously historic as far as uh, everyone's concerned, and, and it's crazy to think that they would just go s- almost straight into what is argued to be their best ever WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, yeah. a week after. Yeah, crazy. What times. A crazy time! Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I, I was going to mention two two things. I was going to mention. Uh, so the, the Road Dog had apparently been fired from WWF around about this time. Um, I think due to his lifestyle. Uh, and he had showed up. I think his brother was maybe working a referee capacity. Yeah, I think that's um, right. He showed up looking for a job on that on that night. It was absolute class. <laughs> oh, poor road dog. You, you just imagine walking in and being like, oh, shit, I'm just walking straight back out. <laughs> Walks in, sees Shane, sees Bruce Pritchard, sees Briscoe. He's like, this ain't happening for me. Yeah, I'm out. And uh, DDP apparently um, was quite good buddies with Bischoff and he was a little bit torn between hoping uh, for his friend that that this deal went through and hoping from his own point of view that it didn't go through because he really wanted a shot at WWE. Yeah, 
okay that makes sense yeah which is quite funny and the, the type of character he seems to be you can imagine i'm being genuinely torn between those two things yeah interesting yeah I'm yeah. sure if he was to go back now, he would, he would probably hope that the Bischoff deal <laughs> went through. Yeah, he doesn't know what's coming when he's hoping for WWE, does he? He's done all right. Uh, he's, he's nah, done, he's, he's, he's a done Hall of Famer, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's done absolutely fine. Imagine that the, the, the unveiling of the higher power had come after they'd acquired WCW. They could have Bischoff be the higher power. I could have been, yeah. I mean, the possibilities that would have opened up. I mean, there's so many names that you can think of that would have been far more interesting than Vince. Or Christopher Daniels. Or Christopher Daniels, yeah. So, aye, good choice. Good choice. Good for, yeah, good for some ways. Quite frustrating to watch in other ways, but yeah. Oh, but, yeah. It does. It, it definitely gets you thinking. Yeah. So, yeah. Will I, will I go to where I'm going? Yeah, go for it. Cool. Well, I've shared with you already, so you know. <laughs> hey, I need to look up. So I was torn. I'll tell you what I was torn between. Um, oh, shit. I'm going to have to look it up. It was a 1992 WCW pay-per-view. So I'll hold on two seconds and I'll look it up. Um, and it was a little bit too close. I think it's got an, a half an hour Iron Man match on it. All right, okay. So that kind of put the uh, the kibosh on that. Let me see. WCW Beach Blast 1992 um, was what I originally thought. So I'll, I'll talk you through the card. It's a bit like here's what you could have won. Um, apologies. So uh, Flying Brian. <laughs> Easy for me to say. Flying Brian Pillman versus Scotty Flamingo. Oh, Raven. No, he yeah. was. Is it? Yeah. That's amazing. Was he really <laughs> called Scotty? Fl- Are you joking? No. Amazing. He was called Scotty Flamingo and Raven. Yep. That's brilliant. Uh, Ron Simmons versus Terence Taylor. Farouk yeah. versus the Red Rooster. Uh, Greg Valentine versus Marcus Alexander Bagwell. You're sitting here thinking, thank God he's not picked this. Um, a Falls Count Anywhere match, Cactus Jack versus Sting. Now, this this is what reminds me of this, because at this point, Bill Watts had taken uh, control of the creative at WCW, and he um, wants everything to be like like a shoot. His whole thing was like wrestling needs to, you know, treat it like it's a real thing. Um, and he'd taken all the the soft mats from around the ring. So the Cactus Jack Sting mats are falls count anywhere match, but it's, it's concrete surrounding the ring. You can imagine what Foley gets up to. Yeah. Um, a thirty minute Iron Man match: Rick Rude versus Ricky Steamboat. Okay. A six man tag team match. Barry Windham, Dustin Rhodes, and Nikita Koloff versus the Dangerous Alliance with Polly Dangerously. Nice. That's Arn, Arn, Arn Anderson, Steve Austin, and Beautiful Bobby, which nice. is one of the Midnight Express, isn't it? Eaton, I, that's it. Eh, I feel like I'm missing a match here, but 
I don't see it in the Steiners versus Steve Williams and Terry Gordy. Hmm. Okay. Okay. That is what I was thinking, but it's missing a match that I thought was on it. Some sort of bunkhouse match. Okay. Is that ring any bells so you know? Bunkhouse Stampede. Mm, that was a show, it. wasn't it? Yeah, there was, was Bunkhouse it? matches and, and uh, oh, what's his name? Dusty Rhodes. Like, uh, I think won like every Bunkhouse match. Right. Oh, well. So, yeah, here's what you could have won. Um, but yeah, like I say, I, I just, it was just uh, by uh, coincidence I came across that I thought it looked good, but then we've just done an Ironman match. So. And you would have had to pick WrestleMania 12 after that just to be that guy that always picks the oh, match. Yeah. Just love, <laughs> love long matches. So instead, uh, I'm not picking a pay-per-view, I'm picking a documentary instead. Um, it is a long one, almost three hours worth of documentary that you can find on YouTube. It's called The Heroes of World Class Championship Wrestling. Um, sort of centres around clearly the world-class championship wrestling territory set in Dallas, uh, run by the Von Erichs. Uh, I think from what from what I can gather, it touches on some of the, the characters that came through the territory um, and also t- uh, concentrates on the, the sort of tragedy um, around the Von Erich family and, and, and all that. That, that entails, so not going into too much detail about that just now. We can watch it and then chat through it next that'll time. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Might not be a laugh riot, but you know, <laughs> uh, how much? How much of the, the Von Erics? Uh, the, the, there's an episode Dark Side of the Ring about them, isn't there? Yeah, I've seen that, um, and I think it prompted me to read up a little bit um, just on on the family and and things like that. Uh, horrible story really but um yeah interesting one though um yeah just very very sad Mm -hmm. yeah crazy crazy story i believe they're making a movie uh about them about the family um i'm sure i read zach efron's attached to play one of them hopefully surely not a texas tornado what if they got michael Sarah to play and now all I'm thinking is Michael Sarah slapping Rihanna's ass. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Kerry Von Eric slapping Rihanna's. Yeah. So we'll, we'll 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 chat that through next time. Um, aye. Until then, we'll, we'll we'll need to. That uh, <laughs> I think we're going to need to feel like uplifted it could be like a really just like oh and then somebody else died from their family a lot of thought into whatever my pick is next because we need something a wee bit a wee bit uplifting the best of doink and dink or something like that (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) right well I really enjoyed that episode Nitro and we will um, chat next time uh, with our very sombre voices on. Hit us up on Instagram at Outlaws Pod with any suggestions for things Adam should wear in future. Oh, nothing too kinky. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> and, uh, 
And if you've got any opinions on things we should watch, any recommendations, we would love to hear them. As long as it's not Beach Blast 1992, because we've just ascertained that that sounded a bit shit. Anywho, until the next time, Adam, take it easy. Cheers. Speak to you soon.